Okay, before I start, I just need someone to say someone to say amen. This is the last sermon on on Elijah. So, uh, just wanted to get your a- amen out there. I started this series. Uh, uh, it seems like months ago now, with the intent of doing about four. <laughs> that's enough, Steve. Tom, that's. A, I said one amen is good. You don't have to rejoice and. Uh, started this with the intent of doing about four or five sermons, and it just, uh, I don't know, just kept going and going, and and saw so many different things uh, about Elijah, so many different uh, ways that, that that just spoke to me, and hopefully maybe did you as well. So let me, let me ask this question, uh, starting off this morning, did any of you this week, uh, be bold, and guys, don't don't be afraid to raise your hands on this, did any of you this week watch Dancing with the Stars. The last second. No, no hands went up? I, I know you did. Okay. Cu- couple people, right? Okay. So so let me ask, if you watched it, uh, did you did you miss Tom Bergeon? Is that his name? And and Aaron Andrews, did you did you miss them? You didn't see enough of to know. Great. Yeah, yeah. I, I got home Monday evening. It was on Monday, is that the night? It was, I got home Monday evening uh, and uh it was almost over. When I walked in, Rita was watching it, and the first thing she said to me, this new lady in charge is terrible. Tyra Banks is terrible. She didn't know who she was, didn't know her name. But, oh, this, this terrible. I, I don't know why they got rid of the, the uh, other one. She is terrible. And, and so, so I was there. I got a, uh, a bowl, of, uh, bowl out of the cabinet and started to eat uh, uh, some cereal, and it was on in the living room so or in the kitchen, so I... I watched a little bit, and the the tiger lady was dancing, or the lion lady, or the cat girl, or whoever. You know, we don't have Netflix, so I don't know who she is, but some of you can know who she, she was dancing. And uh, when she got done, the judges, and it reminded me one of the reasons I don't watch these type shows anymore. When it got done, the, the judges made a comment. A couple of them were like, oh, you did a great job. This was good. And I'm thinking, she was terrible. In fact, when I watched her dance, I'm thinking, that's what I would look like if I was on Dancing with the Stars. Now, when, when I dance, in my mind, I, I'm a great dancer. Uh, but somehow what's up here doesn't transfer to, to my hips or to my feet. I, no, no coordination, no, uh, no, no rhythm, no, no movement that matches. Uh, and, and when I saw her, she looked stiff as a board, and I'm like, that's me. And, and yet when it got to the judging time or when they made their comments, oh, she, she did good. Uh, uh, I, I remember, I don't even know if it's still on anymore, but for, for years uh, I, I watched and then I finally got where I, I couldn't watch anymore, but the, the show American Idol, that was one of Rita's favorite shows. And, and I would watch with it and, and, uh, and, and kind of the same thing. There would be someone singing and, uh, when they got done, I would think, man, they, they didn't do very good. And the judges would just gush over them. And I'd say, what? They were terrible. Or someone would sing, and I'm like, man, they, they nailed it. They were perfect. And then I don't know who the, the girl judge is, but she would say, oh, they were pitchy. Or they, they, you could tell you didn't believe the song you were singing. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then it would come to, to the elimination time, and... And and ones that shouldn't have stayed would uh, would stay, and ones that uh, that should have stayed would get sent home. And 
And I remember thinking, you know, they, they need to come up with a better way to do that. People can't be trusted to vote at home. And then I'd look over and Rita would be on her, her iPhone. i said, what are you doing, Rita? Are you voting? And, uh, but she usually voted on good people. But uh, today as we, as we finish the series on, uh, on First Kings, uh, it, it brings a question. Oftentimes watching those shows, one of the questions that I end up with is, why, why him? Why, why her? Why, why did you? Why did that person win the American? Why did that person win the dancing show? It doesn't make sense. And one of the questions that comes up when we see Elijah at at the at the end of his life, it's literally the last thing that we see about Elijah. The question just pops up. At least it does for me. Why him? Why Elijah? So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Kings. We've been in 1 Kings for, for weeks now. We're, we're going to move over to 2 Kings chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 11 and 12. This, these are the verses that, that tell the, the story of, of the end of his life. I, we've ref, I referenced it a couple times during the series, uh, uh, but, but we're going to see what happens at the end of his life. Chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 of 2 Kings. As they were walking along and talking together, now let me just fill in a, a bit of a blank there. The, uh, the they is Elijah and Elisha. Elisha, uh, last week, the last point of my sermon was that, that Elijah got a new calling. And his second calling, it's what, it's what took him out of the doldrums. It's what took him from, from uh, being under the broom tree. Uh, it's what took him from being on Mount, uh, uh, Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb. Uh, and and thinking I'm the only one, no one loves you, God. I'm the only one. What took him away from that was that God gave him a new calling, something else to do. And one of the things that he did was he found Elisha, and he anointed Elisha to succeed him as as prophet. Elisha was going to be the the next, I guess, main prophet, if you will. So so when it says they were walking together, he was it was Elijah and Elisha uh, walking and talking together. Suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elisha went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah. Did I say Elisha? Okay. Elijah. Let's get the right prophet. Elijah went up to heaven in, in, a, in a whirlwind. Elijah had done, uh, had done some, spa- some spectacular things in his life. We've been talking about it for the last weeks, from from calling fire from heaven uh, uh, to, to, to praying and it raining to, to raising back to life the, the son of the widow that he stayed with when, when he died. He, running with, uh, with a speed that, that didn't belong to him. Uh, he, he found himself in some unique and interesting situations, uh, sitting at the Kirith Ravine waiting for, uh, waiting for his food to come in the morning the evening from ravens. He he had some interesting things happen in his life, but nothing, nothing can top, top the way that he left this earth. God sends a fiery chariot and fire, fiery horses down to get him and take him to heaven. Now, as far as I know, and, and if someone knows of another case, let, let me know. Uh, I may have missed it, but as far as I know, this is the only time that God ever sent a, a, a fiery chariot, fiery horses, horses to, to take someone and up to heaven so they didn't die one other time god took someone melchizedek and he, he actually didn't taste death but 
But this is the only time that God ever did that. And so one thing that jumps off the page at me, the question that just is where my mind goes is, why Elijah? Now, now, wouldn't that be great if, if that's how God took his believers? Wouldn't it be cool if when, when we all got to a certain age, now I don't know what that age would be, maybe it's the, the day you retire, 65, 67, 70, 70. I, maybe it's a time when, when you realize, you know what, I've lived long enough, and, and you look up and here comes his fiery chariot down, and God takes his, his faithful uh, wouldn't that be great? But as far as I know, it happened only once. Why Elijah? Now, maybe a better question would be, in, in, instead of why Elijah, is why not someone else? Okay, okay Elijah, I, I can get that a little bit, but why not someone else? Why, why, why didn't God take Noah in a fiery chariot? Noah, after all, was really the first person in the in the Bible that, that we that's really pointed out that was faithful. In fact, Noah and his family were the only ones that were serving God. All the world had gone awry and, and was were evil except for Noah. And then he built an ark out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, some theologians believe that it hadn't even rained yet. That that the earth was watered by dew in the morning and the evening, and and it really hadn't even rained. And, and yet God said it's going to rain. It's going to rain, and you need to build this ark. And Noah believed him and trusted. Why not? Why not Noah? Why not Moses? I mean, Moses is one of the one of the the key people of, of all of Israel. He led the he led the Israelites uh, out of Egypt into the Promised Land. Or and I got these out of order. But why not Abraham? Abraham was the father of a nation. He, he didn't have any kids. Was up in years, and yet he trusted God, and and God blessed him uh, with the nation. In fact, Jesus comes from the lineage of abraham why why not david scripture tells us that david was referred to as a man after god's own heart would would have made sense that god sent a fiery chariot for david well well if we transition to the new testament man there's some there's some obvious choices there wouldn't peter have been a a great choice peter was the uh the first guy that preached a gospel sermon, the first converts to the early church were because of Peter's sermon there in Acts chapter 2. It was it was Peter that kind of led the early church, at least until Paul kind of came along. P- Peter was the, the main guy there in Jerusalem. Why not, why not Peter? Or that being said, why not Paul? I mean, Paul was, was a guy that had been transformed from being a persecutor of the church to being persecuted because of the church he he had been passionate to kill christians and now now he was overjoyed with the opportunity to tell people about jesus why not paul or 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 why not john my goodness john uh, of the 12 apostles the original 12 and then if you want to throw paul in there as a uh, a, a different type of apostle of, of all those apostles only one didn't face martyrdom wasn't killed because of their faith and that was that was John. In fact, it was John who wrote the, the book of Revelation that talked about heaven, what it was going to look like and what it was going to be like. And who better, who better to, to have God send a chariot to pick him up and take him there than John? But it was Elijah. Why Elijah? Well, 
Here's what I figured out in response to that question. I don't have anywhere in the notes for you to write this down, but if you want to write it down just so you keep this kind of in your mind, and if you ever ask that question again or someone asks you, well, why Elijah, you've got the answer. This is my answer to why Elijah. I don't know. I, I don't. I really don't have any idea why it was Elijah. And in fact, I don't think we're necessarily supposed to know as if there's some type of of key triggers that if we do all these things a certain way, it would happen to us. I don't think we're we're supposed to know or really even have a good explanation because, because Scripture doesn't tell us. It just says they were walking along. In fact, Elijah knew about it. If you read earlier in the chapter, Elijah knew that God was going to come get him that way. I don't know how. I guess an angel told him or God appeared to him somehow. He knew it was going to happen. But, but the one thing that I know here is that, that God did it. So, so, so we're going to look really this morning at just one takeaway. One takeaway take from this question, why Elijah? And it's simply this, why not? Why not Elijah? Now, now it would be it would be easy in in our thinking, or at least in my thinking, it would be easy for me to disqualify Elijah for for being that one and only person to be taken up to heaven in a fiery chariot. It, uh, we, we talked about it during this series a couple different times. Some of the mistakes that he made. He wasn't perfect. He did some great things, but he wasn't perfect. In fact, uh, we, we spent three weeks in a row talking about how Elijah, right after a great victory, ended up wanting to die, thinking he was the only one, that he was useless, and, 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 and found himself in such a, a struggled place. We, we, we ask, why Elijah, but why not him? The, the truth is, all the people I've mentioned earlier had flaws. N- Noah got drunk one time. Uh, a- Abraham uh, doubted God a couple different times. Moses uh, didn't trust God and, and did some things on his own that disqualified for him of going into the promised land. David, well, we know David. He was a, a, an adulterer and a murderer. Peter, man, Peter blew it so many times, uh, it, it's, it's not even funny. Paul, well, Paul persecuted the church before he became a Christian. John, well, John with his brother, wanted to know if he could be, be, be the second or, or third guy in command. Jesus, you can be in charge, but I want to be second. He had, had a bunch of pride. See, everyone... All of our Old Testament or New Testament heroes uh, all had had flaws. But there's two overarching principles to, to answer this question, why not, why not Elijah? There's two overarching principles that come into play here. And I think they, they are what we need to learn from this story in verses 11 and 12. These are the two principles. Here's the first one. God is God. This this is one of the most important principles of our faith. In fact, it's both the starting place and the foundation that our faith, faith is built on. God is God. Now, now I'll be honest that Sometimes that's the only answer I can have. That's the only answer I can come up with uh, to, to why certain things are like they are, why 
certain things happen the way they happen is simply that God is God. But but the reality of the truth is that that is the starting place, that's the foundation of our faith. If we can if we can buy into that, if we can believe that, if we can trust that, that why? Well, God is God. And if God if God is God, then God can do what he wants. Uh Derek, you were talking about phrases that we use. How how about that phrase, because I told you so? You know, when you tell your kids, or I'm your mom, that's why. Or I'm your dad, that's why. Well, God is God. Is God. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn over to Job chapter 38. I, I don't, uh, don't expect you to read it right now, but if you want to read chapters 38 through 41, uh, these are three chapters, or four chapters, where, where God answers Job's question of, of why did all this stuff happen to me? Uh, why did all this bad stuff happen? Let me read just a part of chapter 38, uh, the first 10 or 12 verses. And, and, and this is basically God saying, I'm God. Uh, Job 38, sorry, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm, and he said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched? God has a, uh, has a little sarcasm here. Who stretched a measuring line across it? O- on what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy, who shut up the sea behind its doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in a thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place, when I said, this far you may come, no further, here is where your proud waves halt. Have you ever given orders in the morning or shown the dawn its place? If you want to just keep reading there, uh, God just goes on and on and on and basically is saying to Job, I'm God. I'm God. So... So, why Elijah? Well, I, I, I don't know the answer. I don't really know the answer, but, but I do know this, this principle. God is God. Why did he choose to take this hero? And, and Elijah wasn't here. Why did, he, why, did he, why did he choose to take Elijah so that he didn't have to taste death that he didn't have to, to, to get old. Now, now he was old, uh, probably up in years at this time, but, but he still was somewhat healthy because if you read earlier in chapter 2 of Second Kings, you see that he traveled that day. He had walked several miles from one city to another to another with Elisha, and, and so he was still somewhat healthy. But, but he never faced death, and he never faced those, those really rough years maybe. Uh, why did he choose Elijah? And not some other hero. Why didn't why why did he choose Elijah? And Elijah didn't face death, but but another Bible hero was crucified on a cross upside down. It was Peter. Why did he choose Elijah? But but another Bible hero was beheaded because of his faith. That was Paul. Because God is God. Now maybe. Maybe a more pertinent question for us today, and I, let me just toss it. I'm not going to stay here very long, but maybe a more pertinent question 
that that really comes from our, our mind or or maybe is where we need to take this and make the application for us uh, is is why why is there why, why is there pain in the world why is there heartache why is there suffering why is there evil why are, are there tragedies in our life why is there cancer maybe a little more personal at least where we are right now why is there covid 19 uh the the truth is that any answer i give you or for that matter any answer that anyone else would give you to that question why am i going through this why am i we've talked a a little bit last few weeks why am i under this broom tree feeling like my life is is worthless If, if you are in the midst of the crisis and you're in the midst of the battle any answer that i give or anyone else will give will ring hollow powerless and ineffective unless unless you believe that God is God. See, if God is God, we, we may not understand. We may still have some moments of doubt. We may still think, God, is, this doesn't seem right. But if God is God and He has a plan that we can't understand, that we can't figure out, but He still is God, then, then it makes sense. Do, do you think Do you think any... Any of the Bible heroes, even those that came before uh, Elijah or after Elijah, do you think any of them, when they got to heaven, when when they, uh, the ones that were before when Elijah got there or the ones after when they arrived, do you think any of them went up to God and said, God, why did Elijah get to do that? Do you you think David said, God, why, why did Elijah go? Do you think Peter or Paul said, you know, I had to, I had to die on a cross. I had to be. Why did Elijah get to go that way? Do you think any of them did that? Let, let me just be a little more, let me, a little more personal. Uh, uh, I, I say, say to my wife Rita. Uh, I, I wonder if her mom Virginia, when she got to heaven, and if anyone, uh, we say this about people, but if anyone ever made it to heaven, it was Rita's mom, and Rita is just like her. By the way, she is exactly like her. Except for the Walter side that comes out, you, those you know her well. She has a, a, her dad in her a little bit too. But, but, but I imagine when when Rita's mom, when Virginia got to heaven, I doubt that she said, "God, why, why did Elijah get the, to go that way?" Jared, I, I doubt when your mom Pam made it to the pearly gates. I doubt that the first thing she asked when she got there, "God, tell me about this Elijah thing," because that sounded like that'd be pretty cool. Why didn't I get to do that? See, see, I don't think. I don't think any of them, when they, they got to heaven, asked, why, why did Elijah get through that? Because once they arrived there, it was abundantly clear. Once we arrive there, it will be abundantly clear to us that God is God. Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. This is what he says. He says, now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Why, why Elijah? Well, well why not? Because God is God. And, and God can do what God wants to do. Over, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. Look at verses 8 and 9. Isaiah kind of helps us understand, explains it this way. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Let me read that again just so you make sure you understand what it says there. 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. What, what Isaiah is telling us about God is this. God is God. God is God, and there's going to be times that we simply don't understand. Why, why Elijah and not Moses? God is God. Why Elijah and not Paul? God is God. Why, why, why Elijah and, and not one of our loved ones? Well, God is God. So, so first principle, I think that's what we can take from this text. Here's the second one. Here's the second one. God has grace. God has grace. See, we could choose to see this story from two different angles. Uh, I, I tend, my, my default angle, that when, I, when I read this, that's why I ask the question, that's why I'm preaching the sermon, uh, is because I tend to see it from the, the first angle, it's, which is the wrong way to see it. But, but here's the first angle we can see it. Why didn't I get that? That's the, that's the attitude we could have. When we read the story that Elijah was the only one that, that went to heaven, didn't die, and went to heaven in, in a uh, fiery chariot, I could ask that, obviously for myself, but for, uh, for loved ones. Well, why didn't my, my grandma get to go in a chariot? Why didn't my dad, why did he have to face death and not get to go that way up? I, I could ask that qu- question, why didn't I get that? Or, or a better way to see it is, wow. Wow, Elijah was blessed. See, one of the one of the realities of life. One of the realities of life is that uh, is that we're someday going to die, unless God decides to pick another one. Maybe that's one of you guys. I hope I'm there to see it. But I hope I'm the one walking with you when the chariot comes down. But but I, I I'm not expecting that to happen. Uh, so, so the reality is, in, unless Jesus comes back before uh, our our time comes, every one of us is going to die. We have to pay taxes and we have to die. That's just a reality. In fact, in, in Psalm chapter 90, Psalm chapter 90, if you have your Bibles, uh, look with me there, verses uh, uh, 9 and 10 and then verse 12. 9 and 10 says this, uh, All our days pass, under, uh, pass away under your wrath. <laughs> now, there, there's some truth here. Reed and I worked out in the yard all day yesterday, and this was us at the end of the day. All our days pass under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. We're, we're not quite finished yet, but oh, there were some moans uh, yesterday afternoon and last night and this morning. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. But, but then he brings it into focus, verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The, the reality is for, for every one of us, there's going to come a time uh, that God's going to call us home. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, uh, it, it says there, just as people are destined to die once, that's a reality, we're all going to die once, uh, and then comes after that comes judgment. We're not going to get out of this world alive. But for some reason, again, I don't know why, God chose to show Elijah grace. 
Now, sometimes God chooses in, in, in fabulous and unique ways to show grace. See, see there's sometimes he might show grace to, to the people over here and not the ones over here. Or maybe that's reversed. He, he shows grace to someone over here and, and a special grace not to someone over here. Why, why does that happen? See, see, the bigger lesson that we need to learn here is that God does, does treat us just like he did Elijah. Hopefully, hopefully you can see the parallel. See, God picked Elijah, but there was nothing really that set him apart. Now, now let, me, let me backtrack on that, that, that statement. Uh, there was a lot that set him apart from me. Uh, Elijah, uh, I, I can't, uh, you know, I, I can't stoop to, buy, uh, to uh, tie his shoes. Elijah was way better than me, uh, probably way better than, than most of us here. I mean, he was a prophet. He did some amazing things. But, but when you compare him to some of the other heroes, some of the other prophets, some of the other apostles, uh, there was nothing that set Elijah apart. God chose him, chose to show him grace, even though he didn't earn it, he didn't deserve it, and, and, and not because he did something so, so well, so perfectly, that God thought, I have no other choice but to take him up in a chariot. God showed him grace because God is God. And God has grace. See, we're just like Elijah. The, the, the reality is we're not going to experience death. Now, now, now God's not going to send a, a chariot to come get you, more than likely. And, and yes, Someday, every one of us will take our last breath. Your family will gather uh, at your funeral and then come back to the church for fried chicken and potato salad. It's going to happen. But catch this. Death, death has no power. Death has no sting. Death has no victory. Because we're covered by grace. I think God took Elijah, and this story is in the Bible for no other reason but to remind us that God's grace covers us. And God's grace takes us, takes away from us death. So, so when I look out over the church today, I see a lot of Elijahs. I see people who've been faithful, people who've done great things for God. I see also people who've struggled, just like Elijah. People who've doubted, just like Elijah. People who, who've, who've been discouraged and uncertain. But I also see a lot of people, a lot of people who've been called to serve God because they know they're covered by His grace. Would you bow? Father, we thank you for the testimony of Elijah, his life, his ministry. Father, we thank you for his victories, and Father, I thank you for his failures as well. Father, help us learn today two simple lessons, two simple principles that you're, you're God. No matter what happens in our life, doesn't change the fact that you created our world, that you're in control, that, that you know exactly what's going on and what's best for us. Father, you're, you're God. Father, you have grace. Your, your grace was so vast that you sent your son to die for us so, so we don't have to experience the pain of death. 
We don't have to experience the loss of death. We can have hope. Even, even when our life on earth is done, Father, we know that we don't stop living. We get to be with you. Father, this morning we pray that you'll help us live like a life. We pray this in Jesus' name.